Hey, this is Gary. This is Mike. And Daniel. We're not professionals. We're just three addicts sharing our experiences, strength, and hope regarding recovery. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to other addicts and to practice these principles in our lives. Welcome to another episode of the 12th Step Podcast. My name is Gary. And I'm Mike. And we are noticeably absent. Uh, uh, no no Daniel with us tonight. No Daniel. No Daniel. He will be missed. He will. But I think this is a, this is a fantastic topic to spend some time with you and I. So yeah. I'm excited about that. In fact, I think that this is, this is new. Because I've recorded with Daniel when you've been absent, and you've recorded with Daniel when, when you were absent. But this is this is just a you and me thing. We yeah. haven't uh, done this in a well. This is a new thing. That's fantastic. So, I am. Let's see. Do some quick math. Nine and a half years. Nine and a half years as were my clean times. A little bit more than that. Wow, that's fantastic. So, and I'm going somewhere with this. <laughs> okay, yeah, nine and a half years, a little more than that. In clean time, in not, clean in, time. not in working your recovery, but in right, clean time. In clean oh, clean that's time. fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you are about five, five No, not in clean time. In, in, clean, in time? clean time, I'm three and a half years. Mm-hmm. I had, uh, remember, I had a relapse in oh, about, yes. uh, about 18 months, I think it was, 18, 19 months. So, yeah, I'm, uh, I have three years, five months of clean time, but I've been involved with my recovery now for five and a half years. Okay. So I started down that path in uh, April of 17. So yeah, it's been it's been a long road. We have a lot of conversations yes. about uh, recovery being a lifestyle. Correct. It's a lifestyle change. You know, once you you have to adopt a new way of living. So the thing that I'd like to talk a little bit about tonight that I'm hoping will be helpful is let's talk about some of the tools that have been so useful that we still use them. Absolutely. You know, after you know, five years of work on on your end, uh, nine nine years of work on my end. What what are some things that we still we still do, or, or, or what has been so successful that we we just keep doing them, keep hanging on to them? Sure. Anything come to mind? I've got lots that come to mind. Uh, um, first order change is one of the things I think that first order and second order change okay. are those things I think that. Uh, um, that really sort of stand out. Uh, first order change, of course, by just definition, and I think we've done an entire podcast on, on mm-hmm. first order changes, is just making those changes in our life such that we 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 limit the ability for us to act out in terms of just just you know access to things. Uh, I have a firewall in my office for my computer mm-hmm. at the office. Uh, I've impl- implemented even additional changes that allow me then when I know I'm having a bad emotional day that I can then. I can move my computer monitors around such that anybody walking by can see what I'm involved with and what's going on. First order change, just uh, no access on my phone, no access on a variety of different things, uh, uh, some sort of control mechanism on my computer at home. I remember being so resentful when my wife talked about putting that on our computer at home because that was not a place I typically acted out. And yet it's there, and <clears throat> I've appreciated that. So first order change. Second order change, of course, being this idea that... Uh, um, I can change how I think about things. I can change how I view things. All of those sorts of things that are relevant. So, uh, second order change was also very, very critical for me. How about you? Something that um, accountability. Very good. Now, the accountability looks a little bit different. 
now than it used to. So I'll give you an example of in my early recovery, um, I would be checking in all the time and I'd be checking in with a number of people. Right. Okay. Um, and that would happen every day. I would check in with my sponsor. I would check in with my wife. I had a, one or two friends that I made myself accountable to. And so I was checking in all the time. Right. I was always talking about how I was doing. Um, what that looks like now um, is I still check in with my wife. You know, mm-hmm. I still check in with uh, the people who are close to me who, you know, uh, they'll ask, how am I doing? And I'll tell them how I'm doing and why. And, and But what that really, really looks like now is I will come home. And my wife will ask me, how was your day? And then I will tell her how my day is. And, and that, that's a lot what that looks like now. Right. And, and, and uh, you know, there's, there's not so much, uh, oh, you know, I was tempted or I saw this woman. or There's not a lot of that anymore. Right. Very, very rarely. Mostly it's like, let me tell you how my day was and really check in and share what my day was like. What it was really like yeah. and how it mattered. I'll tell you, mine has switched uh, on that very same topic. Mm-hmm. Mine has changed a bit as well. Uh, obviously, you being my sponsor, um, very early on, it was regular check-ins with you. A mm-hmm. um, little less regular with you right now, but I will I will tell you that I continue to check in with my wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, she has a she has an ability to see where I'm at. It's just oh, something sure. our family has always done, and so um, she she likes to see that. You know, those things aren't incredibly accurate, and so sometimes it makes her a little crazy. That I can be sitting in my office, but it shows me in the neighborhood just north of my office. Sure. And and you know, so I have to. She'll call me and say, you know, this is what I'm seeing, and of course I'll pull up the phone and show her that I'm in my office and mm-hmm. and uh, and demonstrate that. But uh, so as far as my check-ins with, and of course that's that that's that was you know year one, year two, by year five, year six, she does she doesn't do that as often, very rarely in fact now. But my check-in with her is to let her know that, hey, I'm leaving the office right oh, now. Oh, yes, I do that too. I'm leaving the office right now to go run this errand, mm-hmm. to go take care of this, to go do that. And and I know that sometimes she checks in on that. She know, I know also that there are alarms set on her phone that if I, in certain areas, that she'll get a message that said, Mike just left the office. And, of course, I want her to just feel comfortable about the fact that I, this is where I'm going. I know where I'm going. I'm going to pick up these particular things. And I don't find that as being a, you know, a drain or a drag in any way, shape, or form. I think to some extent I owe her that. Uh-huh. For so many years, very early on, um, well, for so many years, I've lied to her about what I was doing. I would say I'm working late and not working late. I would say that I'm going in early and not working going in early or whatever the case may be. So I owe her, to some extent, I owe her some things, some honesty there. Mm-hmm. So this, I don't see this as being a burden in any way, but I, no. I found that to be... And of course, it's it's only once in a while, but it's it, it, I try to be as faithful about that as I can possibly be when I, when I leave the office, when I go here, when I go there. Something that's going to be out of the ordinary. Obviously, at noon I'm going to get lunch or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I want her to be aware of what's happening. So, I, I, um, well, between you and me, I like my I like it when my wife checks in on me. I do too. I I, I and I too. love being exactly where I say I am. <laughs> Oh, I love that so There's much. Nothing better in the world, right? And so, Considering where we've both been, yeah. there is nothing more. It's like, there's nothing more reassuring to know that my wife called me and said, "Where are you?" And I can say, "I'm picking up a hamburger," yeah, and it's, it, and, it's, it's and I'm right where I'm at. Yep, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, 
it, it was kind of interesting. It was kind of interesting because we, I had just started, when I had started the new job, mm-hmm. there was a little bit of, you know, this is a new element and I'm going farther away, right, you know. Right, right. Uh, she doesn't know anybody that I'm working with, so there's all of this kind of stuff. And, and I had been at work from, oh, I don't know, maybe three or four weeks. And she came to my work to surprise me because it was my birthday and she wanted to bring me a treat sure. and all of this kind of stuff. Sure. And so she walks into the store. Now, I happen to be in the corner because there's a little area where we like change watch batteries right. and things like that. So I was yeah. out of sight when I was over but there. But you were still there. And she came in and she looked around and she didn't see me. And she said, I had a, a momentary, I had a moment of panic, you know, and then you happen to stand up and, and it's like, yeah, that's right. I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. This is where I'm supposed to be at the time I'm supposed to be here. Yeah. And what a great feeling that it is. It was. It was so. great. And she she expressed how grateful she was and how, you know, it was just really nice. Yeah, that's a nice place to be. Uh, something else I've hung on to, uh, this idea of gratitude. Oh, that was on my list. <laughs> I, uh, I, I don't know why that has had such a powerful powerful moment for me and I, I think a lot of it probably stems from the fact that it happened uh, at sort of my last relapse if you will three years five months ten days ago kind of a thing that there was such a meaningful moment to give up 18 19 months of clean time uh, all that had happened with all of that and just just the whole circumstance around it and finding the topic of gratitude during that period of time mm-hmm. and what that meant for me so that one has had a lasting effect on me and in terms of, uh, and I hope it's a piece I carry on for the rest of my life. Uh, that's something that I never really want to give up ever, um, you know, whether I'm working in recovery or what, but I, I really want that to be a part of my life forever simply because it is meaningful and I think it has greater impact in my life than, um, than, than I probably even know. So that's one that's been a big one. How does that me. manifest? How do, how do you, is there something that you do every day uh, not every single day. Mm-hmm. I think when I first started the the exercise, it was every day. Uh-huh. Um, I used to take three things and I would write it in a, in a notebook, okay. the things that I was grateful for. Now it's uh, probably once a week, uh, once a week to write into a, what I my gratitude journal, write something down that I'm grateful for. I think I'm. I try to share with others how grateful I am about the relationship that I have with them, or the you know the things that they provide to me. Just a just an ongoing overall sense of gratitude for those around me. Um, but there are some things I do in my morning routine that uh-huh. include, that include elements of gratitude. It may be, it may be elements, it may be part of personal prayer. Sure. Uh, it may be part of personal study, maybe a few of those things, but it also includes at least once a week, uh, it'll include writing in my gratitude journal, the things specifically that I'm grateful for. Not something that I would ever share with somebody to say, here, go read this, like a normal journal sure. kind of thing, you know. Uh, but it's uh, it's helpful for me uh, because that's the element that's relevant and pertinent at that point in my life. So. Um, gratitude for me, absolutely huge. Absolutely huge. Right. And, and I, f- I, I very deliberately find myself... When I have feelings of thankfulness, I find a way to express yes. that. Yes, yes. You know, I don't, uh, for example, at work, I never leave work without thanking the people that I'm working with for their efforts of the day. Oh, wow. You That's know, a great thought. I, That's I, a great thought. You know, yeah. um, I never wake up in the morning without stretching and taking a deep breath and, and having a sip of cold water. You know, and I, sure. I express the reasons behind that and... And 
it's just nice. Even if I'm in a, in a bad place, even mm-hmm. just a drink of cold water or a deep breath, you know, I'll take a big deep breath that I can feel, I can feel that stretch out some of that <laughs> scar tissue and things like that. It's like, man, life is good. It's just good, you know, Yeah. which leads me, which leads me to the next thing on my list of tools. And that's a uh, routine. Oh yes. You know, yes. a little bit of routine. Like I said, every morning it's part of my routine mm-hmm. to, uh, to enjoy that deep breath and that little sip of water. And, you know, so not only does that play into the gratitude piece, but it's also, it starts my day. That's fantastic. Yeah. I, the routine is very much a part of my life as well. Um, uh, the other piece that, that, that included with that routine element is some element of boundary. Mm. It's this idea that, you know, I've lived such a, a life of, of such a boundaryless life, if you will. And so, the concept of routine and then some element of boundary that hey mike you need to be you need to be on your way to work you need to get to work at a certain time you need to leave at a certain time you need to you know these are the things that you need to do boundaries right get up at a normal time go to bed at a normal time all those sorts of things that uh um that normal people do mm-hmm. and yeah. you know what i have found i have found that healthy boundaries are just such a powerful tool i mean it really this might sound kind of strange to some of to some of our listeners, but I think you'll I think you'll get it right away. I think I think healthy boundaries actually allows me to do more. Yes, you, you know the what absolute I mean. Absolute truth. And and I I was recently exposed to a a way to illustrate that that I absolutely love. In, in my family, we're big game players. We like mm-hmm. playing the board games. We like doing all sure. of these things. And and so this was an example that was demonstrated to me. So it really hit home. And he said, would you like an example of how boundaries or rules set you free? Yes. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Well, you and I are going to play a game. You ready? Uh-huh. It's your turn. I'm not sure what to do here. Well, that's exactly right. <laughs> but the minute, the minute that we create a board and we start laying out rules oh, and yes. parameters, and I say it's your turn, well, now you know what to exactly do. I know exactly what to do. And now you're free to act. You know, yes, yes, you're, you have to act within the parameters of this is the, like if we're playing golf or whatever, I have to act within the parameters that the boundary set, but I'm free to act. Yes. What a great thought. And I'm only free to do that because the boundary has been set. Yes. If I have absolutely no boundaries, then. Anything goes. Yeah. What, what, you you see what what I I do? Uh Right. Right. Isn't that great? That's great. So, so, so take that analogy and apply it to. Um, like relationships, you know, we talk about healthy boundaries and relationships all the time. You're just setting the rules of the game. And now that we have the rules of the game, now we can actually play the game. Right. You know, but in we, a healthy way, in too. a healthy way, but yeah. we can't play the game without right. the, the rules per se. You see, it's Isn't the exact great? same thing. I, re- I remember an analogy of talking about football, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, football happens on a hundred yard field, right? There's out of bounds mm-hmm. on, there's out of bounds on the sides and out of bounds on the, on the, you know, the end. And, and we know the rules associated because every 10 yards moves. Mm-hmm. The, we know mm-hmm. all the rules associated with football. And, and because those rules exist, we can now play the game. In the absence of, of, you know, if there's no out of bounds, how do we know where the game ends and where it begins? And, and all of that sort of stuff, there's just no rules with, that, with, with, with boundaries. So, mm-hmm. so boundaries, boundaries give life to what it is that we're trying to do. And I love that analogy as we were talking about uh-huh. that, thinking to myself, wow, I don't know how to play football if, I, if there's no out of bounds, right? right? 
There just there's just no way to be able to do that. And that applies to everything. I don't know how to be married if I don't understand the boundaries. Exactly. I don't know how to be a friend. I don't have you know all those things. Yeah, and, boundaries is a, that's a mm-hmm. great one. And and uh, so as a tool to understand how boundaries work and what they actually are. Yes. And then you know discussing those with my wife or or the people in my life, and you know th- what a powerful tool. Now I'm free to act yes. and. I'm at ease doing it. Yes, yes. I'm going to add a couple others that I think that are really relevant, and I think we, you know, we'll talk about. One of them is self-care. Mm. Um, self-care is a piece of. Um, I, I've related on others, other podcasts oh, many, here, yeah. where I know full well that I, I'm, you know, my soon as soon as my feet hit the floor, it's going to be a shitty day. It's just one of those days where this is just the way it goes. It's just the way it goes. Uh, I don't know why that is. I still don't know why that is, but I do know that it's going to pass. I do know that um, based on my ex- recovery experience, I know that it's going to be around for a few days, but as soon as I get through that little patch, it's going to be great again. So I just have to take myself carefully through mm-hmm. that. And self-care is how I do that. It's a matter of saying, Mike, you know, here are the times where these, this is where rubber meets the road. Here's some things that you need to do to make certain that you are, uh, that you're well taken care of during this period of time. Maybe when I go to work, I don't focus on the really tough tasks during that period of time, right? Mm-hmm. Those are going to put me in a negative emotional state. Why don't I focus on the things that I really, really want to do? Uh, why don't I take care of myself? Why don't I take myself to dinner during that period of time? Because it's during that period of time when I know that if I'm taking care of myself, I'll be I'll be fine as I go through it. So self-care is a big piece of it. Oh, that. yes, I love that. I love that. The other is just being completely aware of my emotional state. Uh, I have good days and I have bad days, and I, for whatever reason, I don't know why that is, but there, you know, there's some genuine pendulum swing to that. I don't know if it's calendar related. I don't know what it is, but there is a period of time that I know I just have bad days. Is and it the full moon? I, you know, I used to think that. I used to think that, and I, I, there are times that I think I could clock it against the full moon. Sure. And I would look to see if that's the situation. Okay, Mike, you're in that spot. I'd go out and run and check the moon, you know. Uh, and there were pieces associated with. Sometimes it made sense, but other uh-huh. times it doesn't. There, are, it, I don't know. You know, a cycle is about twenty-eight days, I think, in the lunar cycle. Sure. But I sometimes I'd be forty-five days and mm. not sure why. You know, so I don't. I don't know that I can necessarily attach it to anything specific. I, that was a little tongue-in-cheek comment, but I'm glad I you that. ran with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to. I want to talk a little bit about the self-care piece. Sure. And then, then I'll, I'll comment on the, on the other. Um, I have a great example. Okay. Uh, last week, last week, there was a day, it was a little, maybe it wasn't last week. Anyway, the last day that it was kind of cold and rainy, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought, man, I love nothing more than some really good soup <laughs> on a cold day. I just love it. It's just like my favorite just thing one of those eat. things, yeah. And I thought, do you know what? I'm going to take a little extra effort and I'm going to make myself some soup so that I can have that for lunch today at work. Oh, wow. Great idea. And... So I took a little extra time. I got that prepared. And you know what? I went to work and it wasn't a bad day, but it was a certainly a busy, high pressured kind of a, of a yeah, day, yeah. you know? And as the day went on, I found it, you know, quite taxing. And one of my coworkers said, you, you good? You good? And I go, oh yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. So then it came, you know, then lunch came. So I went and I had lunch and oh my gosh, it was so nice. <laughs> it was so nice. And I came back, came back from lunch and, and about, I'd been back from lunch for about 20 minutes and, and this coworker comes up and he says, you were hungry. <laughs> I said, what? She says, she said, you're in a great mood now. You're your normal self. You were hungry. 
That's a true story. And hangry really is a thing. It is. It really <laughs> is a thing. But do you know what? I was so grateful and took the time. Yes. Took the time to say, oh, man, I'm so grateful for this. You yeah. know, on a lot of levels, I'm so grateful that I have it. I'm so grateful I took the time to take care of myself. Right. Because, you know, it's exactly what I needed. And it was so nice. <laughs> and it came right at the perfect time. Right. That's fantastic. What a great story. <laughs> yeah, I can think of several of those. Uh, um, so there are days when my, my day will run away. In mm-hmm. fact, I, I ended up at lunch today at 3 o'clock, which is a pretty oh, late dear. lunch. <laughs> so there are times when things just, you know, get out of hand and get and get crazy. But just taking a minute for myself uh, during a crazy, busy day like that to say, you know what, I just I just put the phone down. I just need a break. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of that really has... You know, sort of the carryover have been really, really good. So now I want to I want to comment on your next piece that being self aware. Sure, I love that. And one of one of my favorite questions to ask myself is, "All right, how am I doing? Where am I at? Where am I at? Yeah. And just take a minute and take some stock, and and that's been a really effective yeah. tool. Yeah. Another thing that's been really effective was was um, if things kind of go sideways or whatever. Okay, okay, that's my fault. Yep, yep. Okay. What What about this? Can I own and take care of? Right. And then, right. what do I need to leave? That, yes. That, that's also something that I do. I think something else I do as well is is that I find myself. You know, we'll talk about we'll talk about the three circles, living mm-hmm. in our middle mm-hmm. circle, something like that. Find myself maybe in middle circle, living for a bit, and think to myself, Mike, you have the tools. Why are you living like this? You have the tools to live a little better than this, and so. And it's true. So I can find myself saying, no, I, I, I've got the tools to get me out of this mess, to get me out of this spot, and to get me back on track. And so it's just an evaluation of saying, I can, I can do this. I don't, need, I don't need 50 people in my life telling me, you know, if you just use the tools. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and uh, I find that helps a lot. I find that helps a lot. Recovery really has been an exciting, uh, sort of an exciting, exciting life of discovery. I, that's how I view it. Oh, yeah. I don't consider this to be, you know, some sort of a burden or anything like that. This has been a, uh, this has been a monstrous path of, of uh, discovery and of excitement and learning and growing and all of those things. So for me, it's been really good. It's been really good for me, too. Yeah. So uh, I have one other tool. I have one other tool that... Uh, I feel like I use quite a bit, and that's sharing. Yes, appropriate sharing, a little twelfth step work, if you will. Absolutely true. Do you know? And I find, I find that uh, there are some situations where I can speak very, very openly and very intimately about the the things that I've gone through and the things I'm dealing with. This podcast is a really good example. Yes. Of that. Yeah. But I've also found, I've also found that. Uh, I can share little nuggets of wisdom with people that might be farther, farther out. Okay. Right. So, uh, there is a, there's a little coffee place in the, in the shop that I work. And there's a couple of people that work there mm-hmm. and they see me come in every morning. Right. And I went over there and started asking for some ice for my water. Okay. And one day one of them asked me, you really like your ice water? And I said, yeah, would you like to know why? You know? So I shared just a little bit of, of the story about the accident and how ice water is really cool for me, you know, because this, right. is, this is why. And when I drink it, this is how I, you know, this is what it reminds me of and how right. I feel. <clears throat> and, and, you know, it wasn't much, but I was able to share 
this is what gratitude has done for me in just this one little thing. Yes. And it's, and it's made a big difference. You, you see what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now I don't, I don't know them, you know, I don't right. know anything about them. I, I, I know their name and I see them a couple times a week, right. but, but I was able to share and I, I thought I'm going to take the opportunity to share this. Yes. You know, and it might be just a little word of encouragement to somebody like, Oh, I can see you're having a, a bad time. Well, you know, whatever it is you're dealing with, you're stronger than you think you are. Right. You, you know, just right. little things. And, and you've got this whole, I guess a whole spectrum of how much you can share, you know, that, that might be appropriate, but I've learned to really not to underestimate or pass up the opportunity to do those little things because you yes. never know when you're going to say something that somebody else will never forget. Right. And I'll follow up with that. I, I told, I, I shared something with somebody that I was changing a watch battery for. You know, one of my mm-hmm. favorite questions to ask a person is, what are you looking forward to most right now? I love asking them while they're waiting, wow. you know, while they're waiting for me. Question. I say, what are you looking forward to most? And the reason I like it is because it, most of the time it elicits a positive response sure. because they're looking forward to it. Yeah. Sometimes it'll be, I'll get a story about a celebration that's coming up or some big event that they're excited about. Mm-hmm. A lot of times I'll, I'll get... I'm looking forward to lunch, <laughs> you know, which is also it's a very immediate thing, but it, I'm looking forward to this, but yeah. it's also great. And, and, uh, so I was talking to this, this person and I, I, we, you know, it just kind of led to a little conversation, but weeks later I've had people come in and say, do you remember that conversation we had? I really appreciated that. Oh, kidding. Yeah. Wow. There was there was one I, I there was one there was a, a young man who was getting ready uh to go to go serve a, a mission for his church. Mm-hmm. And I, I looked at him and I said, You're gonna have some hard times. Okay. But you remember when you're in your low spots, I said, You're in the middle of your best stories. Just make sure you write a good ending. <laughs> you, you know? You're about you're about to triumph and, and they came back sometime later and you know, I, I, I assume that the young man was, had already left mm-hmm. and come back, but the, the, his mother, who was with him at the time, comes back and said, we use that all the time. No kidding. Yeah. And it was just a little thing that I had picked up on in recovery so that, you know, because, I don't know, somebody in recovery told me, when you are being tempted, when you're in your bad spot, when you're in a low spot, you have the choice. You, can, you are in the middle of your best recovery story. Right now. How does that end? Yeah. You, you know? Interesting. Wow. That's fun. You have an opportunity to, to sort of be in the presence of a lot of folks and to, to sort of... And it's just little things. It's just little things. Yeah. That's great. That's great. What do you think our listeners are thinking right now in terms of the things that... They're looking forward to most? Uh, no, Pro- no. Probably the end of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. No. The thing I'm thinking of is is that what are the, what, what's something you think that they can take away? I mean, they're looking to you. Uh, just like I know I look to you when you, when you started uh, mentoring my group. And what do you think it is that they're looking to? Here's somebody who has what I want. Gary has recovery. You, you just mentioned nine, nine plus years of clean time under your belt. That's, a, that's no small thing. And each day represents a day of work for you. <clears throat> um, so what do you think that they're listening for right now? They're saying to themselves, you know, What's this one piece that I can take away today in saying, you know, if I could just make that change in my life? Um, and we've talked about several. You know, if I could start down the path of gratitude, would that be the would that be the golden ticket to me overcoming this? What's the one thing you think that might be? 
do you know what? You're you're gonna look at me and think I'm taking the easy way out, <laughs> but you you really want to know? Yeah, I do. Do the next right thing. I can't tell you how often that little mantra has put me in a better place. Yeah. You know, sometimes it was, you know, just white knuckling it and asking, I don't know if I have it in me to do it, you know, Yeah. but I will do the next right thing. I will just in this exact moment, that's what I will do. You know, I'll, I'll go back to that car accident because, and this is one of the reasons why it hits me so powerfully. It's because for the five years, five and a half years of my recovery before, before that moment, I would practice that. And I would say that over and over in all of these moments, what's the next right thing to do? And sometimes I wasn't sure, sure, but I would pause and I would ask myself the question. And I know that it was really important to me because the minute the car settled, you know, and I'm trying to get the glass off my lips and I'm trying to, and I'm realizing I can't breathe. You know what? The thought came, what is the next right thing to do? And and in that moment it was, I just need to breathe. That's all I need to do. Yeah. You know? And so wherever you're at, wherever you're at in your recovery, whether you're just minutes into it or whether you're working on multiple years, wherever you're at in your life, that is an applicable question. What is the next right thing to do? And, and, and knowing do that, that I can do that. And I will and I will do that. And being committed to do that. Right. And sometimes sometimes the next right thing is, do you know what? I'm gonna go eat some lunch. Or sometimes it's uh, I'm I'm going to pick up the phone. Yeah. You, you know I'm gonna call somebody. I'm gonna call somebody or, or anywhere in between. Yeah. Or I'm gonna say thank you. Or I'm going to just take a nice deep breath, you know? Yeah. And and so maybe that's a little bit of a cop-out, but I chose my words very carefully to end each podcast. Right. Because I think of all of the things that I've used, and I've used all of the tools. I've used a lot of tools very consistently. Yeah. I think the one that has done me the most good is do the next right thing. Oh, that's fantastic. I think our listeners have been... Uh... I've been edified. That's a fantastic piece of advice. And it's, uh, um, you know, I think I can speak for the entire listening population that says we want what you have. And that is peace and tranquility and serenity. And if doing the next right thing is the little things that we can do along the way, then that's what we want. That's what we want to do. So yeah, I think that's incredibly powerful. So thank you for sharing that. That was a that's a good piece. And I don't think it's a cop-out. <clears throat> I don't believe it's a cop-out at all. I think that's a, a particularly where it's been such a meaningful piece of your life, mm. of your recovery life. So, yeah, that was a great piece. So, Well, maybe we should end on that note. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> so this has been another episode of the 12th, 12th Step Podcast, and this is Gary saying, do the next right thing. And this is Mike saying, do the work necessary to find the peace that recovery can bring. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We would love to hear from you. If you have any questions, thoughts, or concerns, or have any suggestions for future episodes, please contact us at 12th 
steppodcast at gmail.com. That is one, two, T-H, steppodcast at gmail.com. As a fellowship of recovering addicts, Sex Addicts Anonymous offers a message of hope to anyone who suffers from sex addiction. Check out saa-recovery.org.